It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Each week, we bring you up-to-date research and information on how balanced nutrition can change your life. In our seven Twin Cities offices, weight and wellness dietitians and nutritionists are hard at work continuing to teach that message of how eating real foods will improve your health. One area of health that all of us are especially good at helping people heal is their gut. Do you have tummy troubles? More specifically, do you struggle with heartburn, indigestion, stomach pain, or acid reflux? Well, with me today is someone who knows a lot about heartburn. She, too, is a registered and licensed dietitian, as well as a mom of two happy and healthy kids. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, Brenna. It's always good to be on the radio with you. And you mentioned those two happy and healthy kids, so I better give a shout out, right? Yes. So hello to my fourth grader, Riley, listening back home, and hello to my second grader, Marissa. And speaking of healthy, I forgot to talk to you about the fact that we were in your old stomping grounds last weekend. Uh Uh-huh. We were in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which if I remember... yeah. Woohoo! The town is is big and has a lot to offer, and then you drive just a teensy way, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I'm in the middle of nowhere." I'm in a cornfield. <laughs> yes, which is kind of where the soccer or field was. Around, yeah, yeah, or soybean yeah. fields, or soybean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I loved it. Why? Lots of wide open spaces. But thinking of that word, healthy, I do certainly have some healthy kids. Riley played all three games in that soccer tournament down mm-hmm. in Iowa. Every single minute, he was the only kid that didn't get rotated out. Yeah. And he can do it. He's got the stamina. And did he do it without any Gatorade? Yes, he did it without any Gatorade. (laughs) Thank you. Lots of water. Lots of water. Lots of water. But, you know, thinking back six, seven years ago, he was not so healthy. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. And many of our longtime listeners probably know the story of my son who struggled with acid reflux or what I used to call baby heartburn from the day he was born. And it took us a good four years or so to realize that his acid reflux was actually the result of gluten and dairy allergies. Now, that's interesting. And people might wonder how a breastfed baby would be getting gluten or dairy in their body. Because obviously a baby, and you mentioned that Riley basically had this from birth. Right. But you're thinking, well, how is a baby getting gluten or dairy in their body? They're not sitting there eating bread. They're not drinking cow's milk and they're not eating cheese. Right. No, no, none of those things. But I like to say whatever the mom eats, the baby eats. So and and keep in mind, when Riley was born, I hadn't found nutritional weight and wellness yet. No. I was still on my high-carb, low-fat meal plan that I was taught in college. And, oh my gosh, I think back to what I ate. I ate a lot of low-fat pretzels. Mm -hmm. I ate oatmeal, and it wasn't certified gluten-free oats, so it had the the gluten in it. I ate bagels. I ate a ton of 
fat-free yogurt. Oh, yes. I just cringe to say fat-free. And a ton of low-fat cottage cheese. So the gluten and the dairy proteins from these foods were passed through my breast milk right into Riley's tummy. And this caused him a lot of pain, a lot of distress, and for both of us, many sleepless nights. Now, when Riley was about four, you started him on a dairy and gluten-free diet. How soon did you notice that he was no longer having heartburn? Oh, my goodness. It was like overnight. Mm -hmm. I mean, just not to go into too much detail, but to take everybody back with me. Back when Riley was four, so about six years ago, he was on a prescription for Prevacid. And what, uh, so that's an antacid that helped with the heartburn. And we needed that just to get somewhat of a good night's sleep. But the reflux was still there. Yeah. The acid reflux was still there. The The gastroenterologist in Minneapolis wanted to double his dose. And he was already on an adult dose. And oh I Lord. that's that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I walked out of that office through that prescription that, that he had written to double the dose of Prevacid in the garbage. And I started searching for more alternative routes mm-hmm. to figure it out. Um, but... When we figured out the gluten in their dairy and took that out, I noticed a big difference overnight. Now, being a nutritionist, I knew not to just cold turkey cut out the Prevacid. Right. So we slowly weaned him off of that. So it took probably three, four days to get him off of the Prevacid. But it was really night and day difference once he gave up gluten and dairy. That's incredible. And so... I think something that you mentioned there was just the fact that you knew as a nutritionist to not just stop the Prevacid cold turkey because what happens? They call it the rebound effect. So if I can recall back to how I read about this. So think about your stomach produces acid every time you eat food to help you digest it. Well, if you're taking an antacid like Prevacid or Prilosec, that stops your acid production. So if you... Usually what happens is then your body realizes it's super low on acid Acid. now. And and all of a sudden I can make it again. Yes. And so when you stop that drug cold turkey and your body realizes, woohoo, I can make this stuff, it just goes gush. And you get a ton of acid and then you're going to have that acid backing up and probably have reflux worse than ever before Mm -hmm. and i've heard that from clients who they've listened to us for a while or just on their own they've thought i'd really like to not take this medication i'm just not going to take it or they forget to take their medication for a couple days and they they say it's you know it's worse than what it was before yeah so So then they're back on the medication and they think that they can't come off of it Oh, yeah. So no, If so I'm glad we're talking about this because if you're listening and you're considering, I hope you are after you listen to our entire show, coming off of that antacid, you never want to quit cold turkey. No. It's got to be a slow weaning off. Yes. Whether that's lengthening the hours. So if you take it every 24 hours, maybe you take it every 30. Right. For a couple of days and then maybe every 30 five hours so just lengthening it that way or talking with your doctor about how to stepwise decrease the dose yep. on it yep or if you have a, a tablet that you could cut in half and start mm-hmm. that way as well but slowly coming off as slowly best. slowly and if listeners haven't guessed it yet yes gluten and dairy can both be triggers for heartburn indigestion or acid reflux many times clients tell me that tomatoes give them heartburn But oftentimes I find that really it's the pasta, the pizza crust, and that grilled cheese sandwich that is the culprit to their stomach inflammation. So if you're listening and you struggle with heartburn, 
start to connect some dots. And I want you to stop and think right now, when is that heartburn the worst? Is it after eating pizza? Or maybe it's after sort of an Italian meal where you're having either lasagna or spaghetti and what always comes with the lasagna or the spaghetti breadsticks. You got to have the breadsticks or the garlic bread or whatever. Or for some people, maybe they notice that every time they run out to Subway or Jimmy John's or any other Subway sandwich type of a, a joint that they get that heartburn. And some people, I've had this happen in clinical practice before where some people will say to me, yes, but I get heartburn even on days when I'm just eating mild, bland foods. Mm-hmm. And then I ask, what are mild, bland, bland foods? <laughs> yes. And you've probably gotten these responses too, Brenna. They might say things like chicken noodle soup or all I had for breakfast was a piece of toast or, you know, I didn't feel good. So at at supper time, all I had was a small cup of yogurt. I mean, think about what we're talking about. Those noodles have gluten. The toast is gluten. The yogurt is dairy. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, it's a gluten and or a dairy sensitivity or allergy. Not for everybody. But for a lot of people that have heartburn, it's a gluten and or dairy sensitivity creating the inflammation in your stomach and in your body that's causing the acid reflux. And if this sounds like you eating bland foods all the time, but still getting heartburn, try removing gluten and dairy from your diet for four weeks. You will probably be surprised by how good you feel. Of course, this isn't a license to go out and just buy a bunch of gluten-free bread and gluten-free cereal and dairy-free ice cream. Instead, it's important to replace those foods with fruits and vegetables and real protein to help heal that stomach lining and reduce the inflammation. I'm so glad you made that point of, you know, when we say try gluten-free for your reflux, not a license to go out and buy all the processed gluten-free stuff because you're probably not going to feel any better. No, it's because they break down, especially those gluten-free products, they a lot of times break down into almost more sugar than some of their regular wheat or gluten-containing originals. Absolutely, and and I can tell you just from watching my son, if he gets too much sugar, that will cause his reflux to come back. And it's the same for some of the adult clients we've seen in our office. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's simply too much sugar that's causing that reflux. So yeah, stay away from those processed gluten-free products. As Brenna said, think about real food, the proteins, the fruits, the vegetables that can really help your body heal. And before we get to the point where we have to go to break, which I know is coming soon, I just want to remind listeners that I've talked about Riley's story several times on the radio, and longtime listeners know this. And so today we're not going to go into a lot of detail on all we went through to figure out Riley's food allergies and to really heal his body and get him to a good place. But if you haven't heard his story before, I really encourage you to go to our website and listen to some of the past shows where I've really went into a lot of detail because I know his story can really help a lot of people. And all you have to do, they've they've revamped our website. Doesn't they it look have. Cool? It's great. It's oh really nice. Oh my gosh, somebody's doing a lot of work. They are. So all you got to do is go to that weightandwellness.com website if you're interested in listening to some of those past shows where I've told Riley's story. When you get to that homepage, click on, it'll say blog plus podcasts. Then you get another little... Um, page where there's a picture of a microphone that says podcast. Click that again, and then you can type digestion into the mm-hmm. search engine, and a bunch of radio shows and articles will come up 
Yes. And I know we have a caller, so if you can just stay on the line and we'll get to you when we come back from break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today's topic is all about heartburn, upset stomachs, indigestion, and reflux, whatever name you want to call it. Let's play a little trivia over break. I've got a few questions for you. First, what is the most common medication prescribed by doctors? What mm-hmm. is the most I common surprise pres- medication prescribed by doctors? And second, what percentage of people experience heartburn each year? The answer is when we come back from break. But if you've got questions for Cassie and I, give the studio a call today at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie Wienis, registered and licensed dietitian. If you're just joining us this morning, our topic today is all about treating acid reflux with food and nutrition. Before break, Brenna asked a couple of trivia questions. So let's get the answers on those. If you remember, the first question was, what is the most commonly prescribed medication? And we're talking in the United States, yes, right? Yes, United States. Most commonly prescribed medication in the United States. And I have to be honest, this one it surprised shocked me. me. Yeah. yeah. It, I, but like you said earlier, it, it, it was kind of like shocking, but then... I kind of sat oh, there and I, I thought, can, oh... I can yeah. believe that, right? So the answer is Synthroid. And some of you might have heard that term before. If you don't know what it is, Synthroid is for low thyroid function. But here's some interesting food for thought. Low thyroid function can lead to, and, and sometimes it's called hypothyroid. Yes. Maybe that's more familiar with people. Low thyroid function or hypothyroid can lead to low stomach acid. And indigestion. Low stomach acid can lead to indigestion mm-hmm. and that feeling of heartburn. So it makes me think maybe that's at least one reason why Nexium you know, the little purple pill for antacid. Nexium was the third most commonly prescribed mm-hmm. medication in 2014. It was actually the most commonly prescribed medication back in 2012. It kind of they bounce fluctuates, around. yeah, in the yeah. top three, but interesting stuff. Anyway, the second question Brenna asked before break was, what percentage of people experience heartburn each year in the, in the United States? So I'll give you all a couple seconds to shout out your answers, even though Brenna and I can't hear you here in the <laughs> studio. Shouting at your radio. Shout out the radio. The answer is 60%. So think about that. 60% of the U.S. population has heartburn every year. And maybe you're part of that 60%. We really want to have you at least consider making an appointment with a licensed nutritionist or a registered dietitian at Nutritional Weight and Wellness if you are one of those 60% because something is wrong. Your body's trying to tell you something if you're struggling with that acid reflux or that heartburn on any chronic basis. If you're interested in learning more about setting up an appointment or if you know you want to make an appointment, the ladies are at the St. Paul office already this morning and you can call them at 651-699-3438. And we do have a caller who's been waiting very patiently, so we should probably get to her question here. Yes, let's take Pat on line one. Pat, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Yes, hi. I'll try to make this really quick, but I need to give you a little history first. Sure. Okay. okay. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. So about um, three years ago, two years ago, somewhere in there, I went to a health nutritionist. I ate the way I should, and everything was good. And when I say ate the way I should, the way you're talking about, okay, prior to that, I couldn't do, no matter what I did, I could not lose weight. I lost about 15 pounds. 
Um, fast forward two years now, and I need to lose the other 15 pounds. And at work, they're having me see a health nutritionist. And here's what happened. I've been with her about a month and a half. And um, I ate the way I was, you know, I went back to eating exactly how I was supposed to. And I did pretty much over the last two years, but I cheated once a week with sugar, okay? And um, so... Like I did, you know, the veggies, the fruits, the the proteins, the the good fats, okay? Mm-hmm. And she was really upset with me because she said, Linda, she said, this is just crazy. You have to eat, you have to incorporate whole wheat into your diet. No, I you don't. I didn't want to, but I started incorporating whole wheat into my diet, and um, actually two weeks ago, the first week I did an English muffin each day, and then starting on Wednesday, I incorporated oatmeal in the morning. I've gained weight almost every day, and last night, I noticed in the middle of the night, my stomach was starting to just, it hurt. I don't know how, it was like a dull, it wasn't really a pain, but it definitely let me know I wasn't happy, but it wasn't heartburn. Hmm. Now, I suspect you're going to tell me, ignore what she says, and um, go back to how I was eating before. Is that what you're going to tell me and skip the whole wheat like I used to not do an oatmeal? Yep. <laughs> um, because she's just very, very adamant. She says, Linda, if you don't do that, she said, then how are you? And here's the question I don't know, or the answer I don't know. She said, then how do you get your vitamin B and your different vitamins in your whole wheat the way you're eating? Well, have her go back to her textbooks yeah, and look I'd up say. which foods are highest in B12 and B6. How about some meat? Some meat? Uh, yeah, I do that. Which I had for breakfast, <laughs> yeah. some beef. I had some chicken for breakfast. Yeah, that's a great... Yeah. Meat is a great source of B vitamins. You can absolutely... I mean, here's me, a mother of kids with celiac disease, so... You know, I'm sure she would be in agreement there that they can absolutely not touch wheat. Um, that would lead to big detriments. And and I know that there's many other food choices out there for them to keep them healthy that provide those vitamins that we're not getting from the wheat. It's You do not need so wheat. That's so silly. Yeah, I, no. I like the recommendation of having her go back to her textbook because I think maybe a light bulb will come on in her head. Yes. So okay. no, skip the wheat, eat the beef, and then you'll get rid of that wheat belly. Yes. yes. Yeah, because my stomach is, you know, I mean, I've gained the weight in my stomach, and I can't, and, and last night when my stomach started hurting, I thought, this is ridiculous. The calls in the morning, I'm going to talk to them. I mean, I've been listening to you for, I don't know, about a year, maybe a little more, and everything that she's saying as far as the whole wheat, to me, doesn't sync up with what you folks are saying, and I've heard you say at different times on, on the program, you folks, that... Um, the doctors yep. haven't necessarily caught up with current um, whatever. Right, you yes. right. You know, and just a nice way to put it to her because it, you, it's not working for you is just to say wheat just doesn't work for me. Maybe right. it works for you, but it doesn't but work for me. I and and keep going. That. Yeah. Well. All right. Well. Thank <laughs> okay, you for the call you. this morning. Great that call. was a great Thanks. question. Yeah. Now, no matter what the cause of the heartburn is, it's important to get to the root of the problem, not just cover up the symptom with a medication such as Prilosec, Zantac, Pepsid, or Tums. Now, occasional heartburn from eating too much at your family gathering is one thing, but having to take a daily acid blocker is different. And these acid-blocking medications, like you were mentioning names, Brenna, Prilosec, Zantac, Pepsid, Tagament, there's so many of them. Yes. They should not be taken by anyone for more than two weeks, or at least by most 
people. They should yeah. not be taken for more than two weeks. And it actually says that in the product, the package the insert package. that's in the ba- box. Yeah. yeah. It says it in bold. Do not take for more than 14 days. But I bet you everybody listening knows somebody that has been on an antacid for years. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Taking these acid-blocking medications long-term can cause some serious vitamin and mineral deficiencies. And when we do not have enough stomach acid to help us digest our food, our bodies don't absorb vitamin B12, folate, iron, or calcium. And a B12 deficiency can lead to neuropathy, which is just a fancy name for that tingling and burning sensation in your feet, your legs, your fingers, or your arms. And a B12 deficiency can also lead to memory loss and depression. Pretty scary stuff. Memory loss and depression Depression. from taking antacids chronically. And it doesn't stop there. When we think about the fact that it inhibits our calcium absorption... What do you think happens? Well, long term, then you can develop osteoporosis, which certainly is going to put you at a higher risk for hip fractures. And just all this talk of the negative effects of antacids is making me think back to when Riley Mm -hmm. was on them. And thankfully, he wasn't on them long enough to experience really detrimental side effects. But one thing I remember noticing is that his nails were awful. They didn't grow nice. They were they peeled back a lot. Nutrient um, deficiencies. Yes, and also his hair. It was so strange. I knew his hair was not healthy, and it's hard to describe, but when I would wash it, it's almost like like a duck's feathers. The water would just wick off of it. It's like it wasn't porous enough to absorb water, and I knew that was something. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as we got him off of those antacids... His nails started growing stronger than ever. His hair absorbs water and is so nice and healthy. So, yeah, when you start inhibiting the absorption of important minerals and vitamins, you can really... And protein. And protein. You can create some some problems. We have another caller. All right. Should we take her real quick? I think so. Roxanne on line... Or Rox on line two. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thank you. You have a question? Yeah. Oh, thank you. And you have a question about heartburn? Yeah, I do. I just have experienced, I've never had heartburn before. I just experienced it for the first time, and I experimented with um, the, what I ate twice, and it's happened twice now. And it's a banana. Yes. Yep. Did you eat the whole banana? I did. Yeah. I've heard that from um, different people, even in my dietetic internship, that bananas can be a trigger. I don't know if it's just I think the, it's the sugar. The sugar. I mean, bananas turn to so much sugar compared to the other fruits. I always tell people, don't, I even tell my kids, don't eat a whole banana. Eat a half yeah, of a I banana at in, a time. If I eat it in chunks or if I ha- put it in my, my green drink, I'm okay with it. But if I eat a whole banana, oh my goodness. I To me, and I, I don't know, Brenna, you can chime in, but to me it would have something to do with the fact that it turns to a lot of sugar and you're just downing that banana, so it's happening pretty fast. And sugar is... You know, honestly, from my my clinical practice, it was mostly either sugar or gluten Mm -hmm. that were at the core of heartburn. We're talking about dairy today, which is certainly a piece of the puzzle for my son and can be for people. But for a lot of people, it's either gluten or sugar or it's both that'll cause that heartburn. So I, I think that's probably what we're looking at with the banana. Could be. All right. You know, and other people have just said that they're hard to digest and... They're constipating. They too, are if constipating. You know the truth. I try to avoid them be- so, because of that factor. So, yeah, yeah, maybe pick some other fruits. Yes, great. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. Thanks for your call. Yes, and you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you enjoy running, 
Or maybe you're more like me and you've kind of slowed down and you like to walk a little bit more. I like the speed walk. Yes. And on May 21st, Nutritional Weight and Wellness is helping sponsor the first annual Oak Knoll 5K to End Hunger. All proceeds will be used to help support the ICA food shelf. The race starts at 8 a.m. at Oak Knoll Lutheran Church in Minnetonka. That's the there's a nice church. It's behind the Trader Joe's off of 394. Oh, I know so where you're at. Yeah, yeah. yep. That's so it's easy right to there. Get to. It's so easy to get to. But to register, you just go to www.zapevents.com. So that's Z-A-P events.com and search OK5K. And I know several nutritional weight and wellness employees and educators will be there. I'm going to be there walking it. Yay. My husband's going to run it. Oh, good for him. Yeah. You go, honey. You go. See you later. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we would love to see as many of you there as possible. So come help us support this great cause. Now, if you have questions for Cassie and me about heartburn, indigestion, and nutrition, give us a call in studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie, registered and licensed dietitian, here with Brenna Thompson, also a registered and licensed dietitian. If you haven't noticed it, I bet you will by about noon today. Summer is on the way. It's supposed Fantastic. to be, I think, 70. I think here in Minnesota, yeah, like 73. And sunny. Woohoo! Finally. So what does summer mean? It means something different for everybody, but I bet a lot of you are already thinking about grill outs and pool parties bonfires for some of you summer means trips to the lake cabin but what if you have chronic heartburn or what if you have other digestive issues like maybe irritable bowel syndrome that's also known as ibs i can't even remember how very many clients i had in my Mm -hmm. office that told me well my doctor said i have ibs which Which is is a bs diagnosis totally (laughs) and just sort of a catch-all term for somebody that goes back and forth between constipation and diarrhea most days of the week. Not yeah. fun. So if you do have a lot of digestive issues, how are you going to enjoy all the fun that summer has to offer when you're constantly looking for your tums or looking for the bathroom or looking for your emodium? Well, if you keep listening to today's show, Brenna and I will certainly be giving you more tips on how to deal with that heartburn But if you're having a lot of digestive problems, we strongly suggest that you consider making an appointment at one of the seven nutritional weight and wellness locations. A nutritionist with nutritional weight and wellness can help you figure things out so you can truly enjoy your summer. And we know we have a lot of -of out-of-state listeners, even some out-of-the-country listeners. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of clients these days by Skype. so And a lot um, by phone. phone. Phone if you don't want to do Skype. So there's there are certainly options to schedule an appointment or just to learn more. You can call the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office today at 651-699-3438. And we are going to take a caller. Caller one. Sharon's on line one. It sounds like you want to do a follow-up. Sharon, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to thank Brenna. I went in three years ago, and I had been taking PPIs, and I was having all those symptoms about tingling, and um, it was very bad. And it was the first step in my recovery of starting to eat um, right. So I wanted to thank you for that, Brenna. You are Yay, so welcome. Oh, I have Yay, chills. Oh. oh, you just made my day. That's oh. awesome. Thank you for calling. That's so sweet. Oh, thank you so much, Sharon. Well, you have a great day. And thanks for listening. 
And Sharon mentioned um, PPIs. That stands for proton pump inhibitors. That's just that class of drugs that stops the little acid pumps. So things like the Prilosec, the Prevacid. You just can't stop smiling over there. I know. I love it when Maybe the boss has heard that and maybe you're going to get a raise. (laughs) Hint, hint. No, probably doesn't go that far, does it? No. Uh, So back on this topic of heartburn, contrary to what people might be thinking, we have found that most often heartburn and acid reflux is caused by a lack of stomach acid, not an excess. Now, a lot of people listening are probably going, what? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. did, Did she just misspeak there? Yeah, a lack of stomach acid. So explain how that can be. Well, imagine for a moment that you've eaten that big, heavy, greasy Italian meal with a lot of bread and pasta and cheese and red sauce and maybe a Sorry, glass of wine. Sorry, but makes me sick thinking about it, but okay. I think a I lot of people eat that just, way. Yeah, yeah, a nap. Now, you are going to need a lot of stomach acid to help you break down all that food. Without enough acid, your stomach is going to have to just work really hard to move it all around and digest it. And instead of being digested quickly and easily like a small meal or snack, that big heavy meal is going to just sit and churn in your stomach for hours. Right. And since that food has to be digested to some degree before your body can pass it along into your small intestine, your stomach is going to keep churning and mixing that food with your stomach acid and your digestive enzymes, but it might not be enough to quickly digest all of that lasagna and that other greasy food you were talking about. So think about all that food sitting in your stomach for too long. It increases pressure in your stomach, and now some of that food and some of that stomach acid is going to be pushed back up your esophagus, and guess what happens? You get that burning sensation Mm -hmm. that we call heartburn. And taking an acid blocker just so you can eat a big meal doesn't solve the problem. It actually makes it harder for you to digest your food, absorb your vitamins and minerals, and cover up the symptoms. So if you're listening today and you're thinking, hmm, so I wonder if I have enough stomach acid to be digesting my food, Brenna and I want to give you a list of symptoms that you could potentially be experiencing if you have low stomach acid. If you experience heartburn or indigestion on a regular basis, there's a chance that you might have low stomach acid. We actually need adequate amounts of acid to tell our esophageal sphincter to close tight enough so that food doesn't go back up our esophagus. So that's just kind of the sphincter or the doorway that goes from your esophagus into your stomach. Doorway, that's a good visual. Yeah. And if we're not digesting our food properly, probably because of a lack of stomach acid, you might have some constipation. You might have a lot of gas and bloating, especially after a meal. Or do you know that person or maybe you are that person that burps a lot after they eat a meal? That's often a sign of low stomach acid. And we need enough acid to help us digest protein, but it also helps us digest carbohydrates. And without it, food tends to just ferment in our digestive tract. Have you ever seen how beer is made? It's fermented. So imagine the wheat and barley fermenting in a big tank. It creates a lot of gas and bubbles. Well, if carbohydrates such as fruit, grains, lactose from milk, or beans are fermenting in our digestive tract, we are going to feel bloated, gassy, and burp. Not fun. No. And and to make matters worse, if you think about it, we also need enough acid. Well, maybe if you think about it, you don't realize this because you didn't study the biochemistry like we did. But 
I want to let you know that you need enough stomach acid in your stomach to tell your pyloric sphincter to open and allow food to pass from your stomach into your small intestine. So going back to Brenda's description of a doorway, that pyloric sphincter is simply the door in between the stomach and the small intestine. And if you have enough stomach acid, it tells that door to open up when it's time so that food can pass out of the stomach into the small intestine. So I bet you're starting to realize how without enough stomach acid, food just gets stuck and it sits in our stomach. It can't continue on through the digestive tract. So like Brenna mentioned, it ferments, it creates a lot of gas and bloating, and then that food can be pushed back up our esophagus because of all the pressure, and that's the cause of heartburn. And we've got some time before our next break. Should we take a caller here? Let's do that. On line one, we have Shelly. Shelly, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question about the antacids? Yes, good morning. Good morning. I've had um, acid reflux for about on and off, but it's been constantly 24-7 for about two and a half weeks. And I saw my doctor, and he put me on Prilosec twice a day. I've had it now for two weeks. I've been constantly on the Prilosec, no results from it. But he took me off of my probiotics, too. And so my voice is getting hoarse. I'm not getting any results. So I know I shouldn't be on that Prilosec. It's not a good drug. I want to get off of it. But why did he take me off the probiotics? Any ideas? And how can I get off of those? And what can I do? (laughs) I have no idea why he would have taken you off the probiotic. I think when doctors don't know anything about something, they just don't want anything to do with it. So I, I, I would imagine it was just because... He didn't know how it should be dosed or, or, or much about yeah. it. And, and in his mind, probably thought it wasn't helping. Because I can't... Yeah, it's not like antibiotics where they'd be killing the probiotic. Mm-hmm. So there was. I don't think there was any real medical reason. I okay. And you certainly need those probiotics. Okay. And then um, to, I'm, I'm going to try... I'm definitely going to you know, cut out the gluten and the sugar. And I've been slowly do, trying to do that. And... Um, Somebody told me to get off of the Prilosec. You need to wean yourself off of that. Is that true? Yeah, we were talking about that at the beginning of the show. Okay, but I that. Yeah, talk to your doctor or, um, you know, just very... Yeah, just even yourself to very slowly go off. You know, I would probably start either cutting it down to just nighttime mm-hmm. and do that for a few days and then... If it were me and after a few days of just nighttime, then I would go every other night for a while and just keep slowly um, taking yourself off of it. It sounds like it's not helping with the reflux anyway. So, you know, either way, we're not addressing the, the problem at all. So slowly come off of that Prilosec so that you don't get a rebound effect with your acid production in your stomach. Okay. And then, yes, to, to give up the gluten, and you mentioned you've kind of been slowly getting there, just know that until you go 100% free of whatever that offending food is, okay. you're not going to feel relief. I know I've heard so many times people say, well, I'm pretty much gluten-free. I, I only have that one piece of toast maybe a couple you know, times every a other week. morning. <laughs> That's enough. If you have a, a little crumb of gluten it can leave inflammation in your body for more than six weeks. Oh, wow. So 
just to drive it home that, you know, you really have to go 100% before you feel the effects. So don't give up. And with Riley, with my son, I gave up or I, I took gluten out of his diet um, and it didn't make any difference. And then I put gluten back in and then I took dairy out and it didn't make any difference. For him, if this is helpful, for him, it wasn't until we went gluten and dairy free 100% at the same time. Okay. So at some point you may want to see a nutritionist to really figure out this puzzle okay and but you're on the right track okay and the sugar as well yes okay yeah all right thank you you've helped a lot i really appreciate it thank you for listening okay bye-bye and we do need to go to break thanks for listening to dishing up nutrition i want to share a few comments from a recent nutrition for weight loss class participant they said i feel so much better and i have hope instead of feeling hopeless i have the tools and knowledge to make good choices i feel empowered When we come back, Cassie will share dates and locations for the next upcoming 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just tuning in, I'm Cassie Wienis, registered and licensed dietitian. And as we promised before we went to commercial break, we're going to give you the dates and locations for the next upcoming 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. This is really a great series. I mean, you read some comments from a client going Mm -hmm. when we were going to break. And we hear that time and again, yes. like that it's life-changing and it's empowering. So the week of May 15th in Lakeville, we're starting up the 12-week series. So if you're nearby Lakeville, that would be a great location for you. May 17th, the Nutrition for Weight Loss series starts in North Oaks. Then on May 18th, we're starting the series in both St. Paul and in Maple Grove. On May 19th, Nutrition for Weight Loss starts in Lake Elmo and in Blaine. And last but not least, on May 20th, the series will start in our newest office, which is in Eden Prairie. If you want more details or if you know you want to register for the class, you can call the Weight and Wellness Office at 651-699-3438. Reflux, heartburn, that's our topic for the day, yes. yes. Other symptoms of this hypochloridia, the medical term for stomach, low stomach acid, are things such as nausea, bad breath, chronic yeast infections, undigested food in the stool, and even rectal itching. Without adequate acid, bad bacteria and yeast can thrive in our gut. So what do we do? How can we get our bodies to make enough stomach acid? How do we get rid of acid reflux without taking a little purple pill? The million dollar question. I really think there are two main steps. I mean, everybody's a little bit individual, but for all of us that are experiencing heartburn, there's two main steps to relieving it. Number one, get out the offending foods. So whether it's the gluten or the dairy, whatever is causing inflammation for you, you have to figure that out and get it out of your meal plan, out of your life. And then the second step is to use some specific probiotics or what we sometimes call good bacteria and maybe a few other supplements, but mainly we want to start with that good bacteria and supplement with that every day to rebalance and heal the stomach and the digestive tract. And for the first step of removing inflammatory foods, Cassie discussed earlier in the show how she needed to remove both gluten and dairy at the same time, mm-hmm. from her son's diet to help stop his heartburn. But there are other foods that can trigger heartburn as well. Maybe you are familiar with some of them yourself. And we had a caller during our last break that didn't want to go on the air, but she had the question of, can coffee cause heartburn? 
Great question, because I hear this all the time. People will say, well, when I drink coffee, it really flares. Coffee, from my experience, isn't typically that offending food or drink. Something else is going on. Maybe you have a gluten sensitivity, but then coffee will make it flare. It's sort of a trigger. Yes. So there's something else that you got to keep digging for if coffee is a trigger for your acid reflux. Mm -hmm. Or some people notice that carbonated beverages, you know, maybe it's the soda or some of those fizzy energy drinks that cause their indigestion. Some people might say, well, tomato sauce triggers it or citrus fruits like oranges and grapefruits trigger it. Pineapple. Pineapple, that would be a citrusy Mm -hmm. fruit. Yes. But again, these are triggers that are telling you there's some other offending food causing a lot of inflammation and you have to figure out what that is. Or do you enjoy a nightly glass of wine or a bottle of beer or a cocktail? That little happy hour. Any type of alcohol can cause heartburn. And I recently had a client who had been struggling with heartburn for a long time. She and her husband were avid wine connoisseurs, drinking one to two glasses each night. And when she stopped drinking nightly and only had a couple of glasses on the weekend, she no longer had acid reflux. Interesting. Alcohol can be very inflammatory to the stomach. But the other thing is, and I'm sure you remember this, Brenna, from your um, biochemistry, biology classes, that alcohol actually causes that little doorway between the esophagus and the stomach to be loose, to be sort of swinging open very easily. It's also called the the sphincter between the esophagus and the stomach. And so if it's loose, it's not doing its job, then food from the stomach can easily leak back up into the esophagus and cause heartburn. Other foods that can cause that sphincter to be loose are, as we mentioned, coffee can be one of them. But I usually find that, as we were saying, coffee isn't the instigator. Right. There's something else causing inflammation in the stomach, and then you just don't tolerate it as well. Chocolate and licorice can also cause that sphincter to be loose and drive more of that heartburn. Maybe you've noticed that drinking a mocha latte that contains not only coffee and chocolate, but also milk... And a lot of sugar gives you indigestion. And we had another caller over break. And I think I talked with her in our Maple Grove office yesterday. If not, it sounds very similar. Very similar. uh, But she has an 11 year old granddaughter with acid reflux. And it sounds as though some, maybe another grandmother or somebody is recommending that she take Prilosec. But really, it sounds like maybe she only is getting the heartburn when she eats ice cream or maybe other dairy. Yeah. products. Yeah, and think of ice cream. It's not just dairy, it's dairy and a lot of sugar. You get the double whammy. I find that a lot of people just don't do well when they eat yes. ice cream. Uh, and so in the office, I had recommended that she take two bifido before breakfast and before dinner, not knowing that ice cream had been an instigator. She didn't let me know that part of it. Uh, so I just said, well, let's try her on some bifido just yeah. to keep things simple. Because yeah, yeah, a place to start. It's a place to start without knowing the full story. Uh, but as we were discussing, maybe also adding in some acidophilus. Yes. Because that's the good bacteria that also sits in our stomach. Yep. And it helps your body produce enough stomach acid to get things moving through so you don't get all that pressure and things backing up. So, yeah, I like what you just said, Brenda, to start some acidophilus, too. If if this were, well, I, I was going to say if this were my child, but I can just tell you what I do for my 10-year-old uh, that had struggled with acid reflux for a long time. He takes bifido before breakfast and before lunch and then before 
bedtime, he takes the acidophilus Mm -hmm. and that really works, works for him. And of course, stay away from the dairy. So no ice cream. No, no ice cream. But we were also talking during break, the coconut milk ice cream for a treat here and there is delicious and it's lower in sugar and higher in healthy fats than Mm -hmm. a lot of the other non-dairy ice cream treats out there. And I've had some cashew milk ice cream that was really tasty. That sounds good. I wonder if that's kind of a newer thing. I haven't it's seen that It's newer on yet. the market. It's only in the last year or so. And of course, we'd say maybe get some frozen berries yes. and then puree those with, you just kind of pulse them a little bit in your blender with some coconut milk. The and, heavy stuff from the can. Yeah, the canned coconut milk to make it nice and creamy. Maybe some ice cubes. Yeah. And that could make a delicious little summer treat there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a little bedtime smoothie maybe or something. That sounds good. Uh Let's see. So you were mentioning that lattes, lattes will give you indigestion. Right. The mocha latte is kind of that perfect example of sort of the perfect storm when it comes to culprits that cause heartburn. I mean, think about it. If you have a dairy sensitivity, it's the milk in the latte that's going to get you. Then there's all the sugar in that chocolate syrup. And remember, I mentioned earlier, even though we are 100% gluten free at our house, if Riley gets too much sugar, the acid reflux comes on. So back to the perfect storm or the trifecta of irritation that's what that mocha provides stay away stay away and gosh this show flew by oh my goodness so many we gotta good do questions. part two yes but thank you for listening to dishing up nutrition i hope everybody has a wonderful weekend cassie you have you yes know, fun playing in your garden oh for sure it's time to get in the garden and be sure to listen next week when we have Kara and carolyn talking about adult acne and rosacea have a healthy weekend everybody thanks for listening to dishing up nutrition if you enjoy this podcast please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on itunes stitcher or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.